You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Title of the message tonight: It's better than you think it is. In other words, when I say that, the goodness of God is so good that it always far exceeds whatever you think, whatever you imagine. And during the time that we're going through right now in our lives, we need to understand that, that even though we may think things are really bad, we may think that things are really going south, the reality is that God's goodness is bigger and greater. There's two verses I have in mind for that. Ephesians 3.20, 1 Corinthians 2.9. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine according to the power of Christ that is within us. The other reference I give you, it tells us that no man has seen or heard what God has prepared for him. In other words, God's goodness is so good, no man has ever thought of it. God's goodness is so good, especially in a time of need that all of us are facing right now. And I know there's a lot of fear going on. I know there's a lot of anxiety. But I'm here to tell you that no evil will befall you or plague come nigh thy dwelling. The Holy Ghost hasn't abandoned us. God was not taken by surprise. God knew what we were going to hit before we hit it. And God has given a solution in his word to trust him so that we can be blessed coming and going. Amen? What's been interesting about this whole week is I've I've become the shopper in the family. I've become the one that goes and gets all the gas. My wife used to always go around doing everything, so I'm doing everything for her. It's quite a wake-up call, but Jesus is faithful. Amen? Listen, I want to start with a truth. Turn with me, if you would, to Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and 13. And I want you to see this verse. You can see it on the screen here. I'm going to read it to you. It says this, For I know the thoughts... That I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me, and when you search for me with all your heart, hallelujah. In other words, he's telling us that God has provided a future for us. And I need to say this in light of what we've been experiencing in America today and around the world. There's a lot of people that don't understand in times. They understand just enough to get into trouble. And because of that, their view of their future can be tainted. And they go, oh, but pastor, we're in the last of the last days and we're in trouble. This is it. The Bible talked about these troubles. And, uh, and so they're not expecting to come out of it. But let me, sh- let me share something with you from Scripture. You'll find this in Matthew's Gospel. It says that no one will know the day or the hour of Jesus' return. I like that because I don't need to consider speculating. But then it went on and said this. He said that when he came, it said that it would be like the days of Noah. And then he qualifies it. They'll be eating and drinking and getting married. In other words, they're going to be going on with life. There isn't going to be anything unusual happening when Jesus returns. Now, most people don't know that. 
They think that Jesus, you know, the more trouble, the closer Jesus is coming back, but that's not the way it is. He's going to come back when we're not expecting it. Everything's going to be going fine and whatever. And I'm saying that because God has promised us a hope and a future. And even if I'm in that day or that week or that month that Jesus comes back, it's going to be during a time of great prosperity. It's going to be a time of great victory for the world and whatever. And what's so great about it is when we're caught up, we still have our future and our hope. In other words, we never lose our future and our hope. Even if we get raptured up because all we have to do is look forward to is the judgment seat of Christ and all the rewards of God will be poured upon us and we'll be blessed coming and going. Amen. It's wonderful. I wanted to say this truth because even though it's hard right now with the plague that's in America, it just tells me that we're going to get through it and we're going to come out better than we've ever been before. There's going to be revival. There's going to be people seeking God that did not seek God before. There's going to be supernatural things that are going to occur through this. We are going to come out of it because Jesus isn't coming back until it's the days of Noah. That means they'll be eating and drinking and getting married. Turn to somebody in your home and say, did you hear what the pastor said? We're going to get through it. Because you're going to get through it because God's spirit and his word declares it in our lives. I love the truth. It's powerful. Now, I want to read you a verse out of John's gospel, chapter 6, 21. And let me give you the premise of this story. It's a story that Jesus, one day he had fed the multitude and they wanted him to become the king over Rome and the world at that time, and they were going to force him into the position. So he sent the crowd away, and he sent his disciples away, and he says, I want you to go to the other side. I'm going to go pray. You go over there. You get in the boat, go to the other side. And in the story, they get in the boat, and they go out there, and there's this great storm. And they are trying desperately to get to the destination that Jesus tells them to get to, but they can't get to it. And the Bible said in the fourth watch of the night, which would be between three and six, and most Americans don't understand what that means. It was pitch black during that time of the night. You could see in some of the villages some lights, if there was any lights on. But remember, this was a, a time in history when all they had was lamps. And unlike Americans that leave the lights on, People with lamps and oil would turn them off. So most places are very dark. So they're in this place, and they're, they're actually in the middle of the lake because of the storm. And Jesus comes walking on the water. This is why it says they saw him and thought it was a ghost. You would too in the middle of the night like that. They couldn't really see his face clearly. And Peter, though, knew the voice of Jesus and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come. And Jesus said, come, and he stepped out on the water and walked towards him. Now, I want you to see something. There's a statement that Jesus says that I think was so good. He said, it is I, be of good cheer. Now, he said be of good cheer because that's actually a, a term used for be courageous, have courage. And so he's telling them, I want you to be courageous. I want you to have courage. And that means be fearless. And Peter 
after he heard that greeting from the Lord, he knew it was Jesus, and he became courageous, fearless. Why else would you want to step out of a boat in the middle of a storm and walk on the water? He's obviously feeling extremely courageous. Now, we know the story that as he did it in faith, he was held up, but then he began to get distracted and fear started to come and he began to sing. Jesus grabbed him and took him back to the boat. Now, when he got back to the boat, you won't find this in the other two gospels that talk about the story, but you will find it in John's gospel, this, this expression that is said that shows you how fast the miracle worked. Look at this. Then they willingly received him into the boat, Jesus. Say it with me, immediately. The boat was at the land where they were going. Woo, what a rush. Talk about faster than a speeding bullet. This is powerful. And what I, you know, when the Lord began to minister this to me just this week, he gave me a revelation on that. And he said, Sometimes trials are long, but when they're long, the miracle is quick. And I begin to, in fact, I preached that to one of the DJs on, on the FM station that we're on. They're actually going to play it on Thursday, tomorrow. But it was, it's a revelation that God says, listen, I know everybody's worried about this and that, but, but let them know that it's going to be a quick recovery. Not one that's drawn out, but it's going to be a quick recovery. We're going to bounce back so fast. Our joy is going to slide. Come on, come on. It's going to be good. We're going to have a bounce back that blows the world away. And it's going to create prosperity and blessing that the world has not seen before. And so I wanted to give you that prophetic word because this idea of immediately is used throughout Scripture. Jesus told a, a man that had been sick for 38 years, he says, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, the man took up his bed and walked. You find this emphasis of the power of God, how God can quicken things and do things in a lot faster fashion in a quicker way than what we're used to. One of the things that is an attribute in God's word is the fact that faith isn't subject to time, but time is subject to faith. You may be sitting in your home right now wondering, gosh, how am I going to make it? You know, I just got laid off. I'm not getting enough hours. How am I going to do this? Remember that time is subject to faith, not faith to time. The Bible said faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says, now faith is, which means it, it's not in the future, it's not in the past, it's right now. It's not subject to time, and we should know that by the very fact that Joshua spoke to the sun, commanded it to stand still, and it stood still. Interesting about that particular miracle, when they were just trying to figure out how to do the moonshot and all that, they had to evaluate all the days and get them all in, Accordance and and they could it kept coming up wrong on the computer until one of the people reminded them of the Bible on how when Hezekiah had prayed that God turned the sundial back they took that and then they took what Joshua did and they calculated into the computer and it came out came out exact God stopped time 
because of faith. So if you don't think you have enough time, don't worry about it. Faith can speed up time. Faith can hold time. Time is always subject to faith, and faith is much greater. Look at this verse in Jeremiah chapter 1. It says, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will what? Hasten my word to perform it. That word hasten, some of the translations translate a little bit different, but it's a word which means to awake fully. I don't know about you, but I, I don't really get functioning until after I have a latte in the morning. It's talking about somebody that's already had the latte, they're already perky, they're ready to go, and God's saying, listen, I'm looking for my word so that I can perform it, so that I can do it. I'm not asleep on the job. I'm looking to bless you and heal you and deliver you and give you the breakthrough that you need in your life. I love that. So when you understand that, you realize the eyes of the Lord are on to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong to those who believe on him. That's what God does. Now listen, I know there's a lot to be concerned about, but there's nothing to worry about. We may be concerned about this or that, but there's nothing to worry about. Because there's two roads that you can go on. You can go down the road of defeat and begin to imagine what will happen if it gets worse, what will happen if this happens, what will happen if I don't have money to pay my bills, what will happen? You can go down that road, and your faith won't control time. Or you can go down the road of faith and begin to say, wait a minute, I'm not, God didn't leave me. God didn't say once this trial hits, I'll be gone for two months or whatever, then I'll be back. He's still here. He never left. And he's here, and he knew it was coming, and he's already provided for you in the middle of the storm. He doesn't wait till the storm is over. He's already provided for us. There's already a breakthrough. I was listening to one of our board members, and he was talking about how the, God had blessed their business during this, and they got a contract for $250,000 uh, during this time time because they were willing to put in the effort to do what the government wanted them to do. I don't know what your miracle is going to be, but I know there's one out there. Maybe it's getting a home for a better price. Maybe it's, maybe it's getting a promotion because no, the person that was in the job is afraid to go to your job. I don't know. But I know that God has a way and he will do that way in your life if you use your faith. So it's not a time of demotion. It's a time of promotion. I told my wife, I said, I guess for a few weeks at least, I'm going to be a, you know, a preacher that preaches on the internet, which I did anyway. But I'm going to reach through the cameras tonight. I'm going to pull your heart out and tell you that Jesus Christ loves you and that this is nothing more than a test of your faith. He wants your faith to be strong so that he can be glorified. And a lot of stuff's going to happen during this time. A lot of stuff in our lives that we shouldn't have will fall away. As God shakes you, he'll also shake some of that selfishness out of you. It's going to be a good experience because when you stand in faith, you're going to come out more like Jesus, not like yourself, but like Christ, and you're going to be blessed. Amen? And remember that when you're going through something that 
those are times that some of the greatest fruitfulness in your life will be seen. I was reminded of the story of Isaac where he's in a, a time of a great drought. And when a drought is so severe that you have to move your family to another state, it's a bad drought. So he's doing that. He's, he's ready to go down to Egypt because he needs water. And the Lord tells him to go to the land of the Philistines and, he, and tells him to sow there. And what's interesting about it is that he sowed seed in soil that no one was sowing in because there was no water. But the Lord said, it's okay. I know there's a big trial on the earth right now, but that's not going to stop you from prospering and succeeding. So he had him sow in the ground. And, he got, and the Bible said that he got 100 times as much. A farmer during this time, if he'd had a good harvest, it would be 14-fold. 100-fold is supernatural. And it was during a time that there was no water. Because God wants you to know that even in the harsh times, that's when his glory shines the most. That's when weakness becomes strength. That's when things happen that only God can do, that only God can transform. And so whatever you're going through right now, maybe your wife is upset and she's afraid. Maybe your kids are afraid. Maybe they're, they're clutching to you because of the of what they're, they're going through and that there's that uncertainty in their life. But I want you to know that if you, if you clutch Jesus, he will not let you down. You need to tell those kids, we're going to come out better than we ever were when we went into this. Because you know why? We're sowers. We're givers. And we know that there is the transfer of blessings in our life that God wants us to have. Can you say amen to that? There's an example of this in Scripture, and I want to put it up on the screen, Joel chapter 2. And I want you to see this. Here's a group of Christians or believers at this time that were in a plague. It was a plague of locusts, not a plague of virus, but it, nevertheless, it's a plague. And it, the Bible says it, it was like one they'd never seen before. So it's a per perfect parallel to what we're experiencing in America today. We've never seen a plague of this magnitude before. They're experiencing it, and here's what God says to them. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithful, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain. Now watch this, the latter rain in the first month. Now, in your Bible, the word there, uh, month is in italics. So in the Hebrew, it's literally not there. In other words, he's saying that I'm going to do more in the beginning of your harvest than I did during the three months that it normally happens. I'm going to speed up the harvest during this time that you're in. And then we all, most of us are familiar with the next few verses. Threshing flow shall be full of wheat and the vat shall overflow with uh, new wine and oil. Watch this part. So I will restore your years that the swarming locusts have eaten and the crawling locusts and consuming locusts and the chewing locusts and my great army which I sent among you. Now, he's showing you the levels of destruction of this plague and he tells us that he's going to restore every level of it. Now, when you read on in the book, you find this phrase, you will never 
be put to shame again. He's talking about this plague. In other words, you'll never experience this plague again. I'm going to remove it where it never again comes in history to my people of this magnitude again. And I believe that God is going to do the exact same thing with this plague. We're not only going to get through it, but it's never ever going to come back in the magnitude that has hit us this time. It's going to be defeat that is forever put in history and it's never going to come back again. Hallelujah. I think that's pretty exciting that God says, I'm not going to just whip them. They're never going to play in the game again. The enemy's never going to be able to throw this at us again. Sure, there'll be other trials and whatever, but this one will be over. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good. That's better than putting on a mask to know that God is going to bless you and God's going to remove that fear. You don't want your children to be afraid next year or the next year. Is it coming back? Is it coming back? Whatever. God's going to remove it, and he's going to remove it once and for all for his people so that we can be blessed beyond measure. Now, let me, let me share something with you at this point that I think will really help a lot of you. There's a verse. You can write it down just for a reference. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27, it talks about a great shakening that God's going to do in the earth. And it says that the shakening did in the beginning, there's going to be a bigger one, the second shakening. But he says the kingdom that we're in cannot be shaken but there'll be a shakening. There's a lot of people being shook right now. But when you believe in Jesus Christ, there's, you're unshakable. We know where we go. We know that there's life with God after this world. We know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We know that God is still a healer. We know that God is still a provider. We know that God won't leave us. We know that God is going to be on our side and that nothing thrown at us is going to defeat us. We're going to come out shining bigger and brighter. But there is that shaking. And what a lot of people don't realize is this is going to result in your prosperity. If you read through the Bible, you'll find like six references to this where it talks about the transfer of the wealth of the wicked to the righteous. And where this occurs in Scripture, I'll give you one example. When God delivered Israel out of Egypt, they had been slaves for 430 years. And what did he do? The plagues came on the Egyptians, but not on the believers. They were spared from it. But when they left Egypt, Egypt experienced a great devastation of prosperity during those plagues. But when they left Egypt, their wealth was given to the children of Israel because remember God had the women go to the, to the homes and say, give us, give us your money, we're going to leave. And, and Israel left with the wealth of Egypt because there was a transfer of the wealth of the wicked to the righteous. Anytime there's a shakening, there's going to be a transfer of wealth. And I believe that we're just going to see, we're going to see the crust of it. It may not happen this week or next week, but you watch. You watch what happens. There's going to be a level of blessing that breaks out into the church after this thing begins to fall away or whatever, and even in the process of it, 
there's going to be this transfer. So I'm excited about it. And it gives me hope and courage to face every opposition and every trouble that comes against me. That God is greater than the problems that I see. He's greater than the fears that keep you up at night. He's greater than the noises you hear in the middle of the night. He's greater than the fears that you hear when you hear a chopper going by. What's this, the army moving in, whatever? The only one's moving in is Jesus Christ. He's moving in, in this situation, in a powerful way. And he wants to give you a breakthrough through it. But you better make sure that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And he is the king of kings. And he is the one of it all. Let me show you another verse. Ephesians chapter 5, 15. Listen to this wonderful verse. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. God redeems the time. I like this word for time. It's krinos in the Greek, a very significant word, because it speaks about a season of opportunity. In other words, God's going to redeem the seasons of opportunities in your life that have been lost because of your disobedience, because of you not being led by the Lord. He'll redeem it. You know, we know that the Bible says we reap what we sow. But when God redeems us, we receive so much more back than what we deserve that it overwhelms what we're reaping, what we sowed. God's, well, I don't care how you think of it or imagine it. God's goodness and his grace is so much greater than anything that you could ever experience in your life. It's greater than your fears. It's greater than your anxiety. It's greater than your mistakes. We've all made mistakes. But God's grace is so much greater. I'm up here preaching. I don't deserve to be up here preaching all the things that I did when I was young and dumb. But I'm up here preaching because you know why God's grace is so much greater than the evil and the mistakes that maybe you've made in your life. I believe what we're going through is, is an awakening. Think about it. One of the things I've seen in America that has crippled America is our idol worship. We worship everything but God the way that we should. And right now everybody's getting a wake-up call. Wait a minute. I can't watch my favorite event. I can't do this. I can't do that. God will give it all back to us. But we need to remember that he is first, not that. And I believe this shakening is causing people to realize, wait a minute, I thought everything was fine. I thought that nothing could go wrong. I thought we had everything solved, all this kind of stuff. No, just, just like that, without God's power to hold things together, everything could be shaken. And God lets things be shook to remind people that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we need to repent of our sins and come back to God and serve God with all of our heart and with all of our mind. We need to realize he will redeem us from our mistakes. He will redeem us from our lack of wisdom. But we need to pursue him and seek him with all of our heart. Don't withdraw from that. Don't become an online Christian. Praise God we have the technology that we can do this for you. But don't, be, it's, don't make it a habit. Make it a habit of coming to church, fellowshipping with the saints and worshiping God. Because there's a tangible anointing that is in a church service. 
I got a few staff member here, but the anointing's wonderful. I've been, I needed this all week long. Being in the presence of God is more important than everything else that we see and receive in our life. You know, I, I love how God delivers us. I love the fact that my faith is stronger than, than time itself. And I like that because a lot of people say, well, I ran out of time. I don't have enough time. And, and they don't realize that faith, whether you're young, whether you're old, is able to restore and redeem you. I think of Caleb, who when he was 40 years old was willing to go in and possess the promised land but the 10 spies that were with him and Joshua had an evil report and they wouldn't believe God for it and they were going to actually stone Joshua and Caleb. You ever feel like that sometimes? Well, all my family and friends are mad at me because I believe this. You're in good company. Say amen. Good company. But in that story, it, it's a mind blower when you think about it. Because he could have went in. He was ready, but they weren't ready, so he had to wait out for them. But 45 years later, after they had went in the promised land and took five years for them to get a foothold in the promised land and whip most of their, their enemies, Josh was handing out inheritance. And Caleb says, I want to take that mountain. And Joshua says, hey, don't you know that that's got giants on it? They got some, they, it's going to be hard to take it. And you're older now. And he says, listen, I'm as strong now at 85 as I was when I'm 40. That's what I'm talking about, redeeming the time. The Holy Spirit can redeem the time in your age. He can, he can make young people wiser than they should be for their age. He can make old people stronger than they should with their age. Because God's called us to win and not to lose. And it's my prayer tonight to you that are watching online. That you would take this time and you would rethink your life. Am I really where I should be spiritually? Am I really pursuing God the way that he wants? Have I set aside the dreams and the visions that God has given me? Am I really where I should be spiritually? You say, Pastor, I don't know. All of us can say, you know, we started the fast this week at the church and we're excited about it, fasting and praying, but we should be doing this all the time. But I want you to become on fire for God, not just so you're religious and, oh, yeah, I go to church, other people don't go to church. I'm talking about where there's something authentic. Christ is alive in your life. There's great power to it. What I want to do now in the message, now that I've rearranged your mental furniture and put the garbage outside, I want you to ask yourself this question. If you died this week, this month, are you absolutely 100% sure that you would go to heaven? Or can you honestly say, Pastor, I've been kind of putting up a front. 
I don't know if I would. If that's you, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to get you to a place where you will confess Jesus as Lord and mean it. I'm not just doing this religiously. I mean it. Jesus, you're my Lord. I believe you died for me 2,000 years ago. I believe you rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, and I'm rejoicing in that, and I'm receiving that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. If that's you, it's time for your breakthrough. This could be the moment that everything changes. You don't have to be in a church. You just have to be in God's presence. And I know as you hear this, God's knocking on the door. Let me in. Let me in. I was there when you were a youth and you wouldn't let me all the way in. I was there with you when you grew older, but you wouldn't let me in. Let me in now. And I will show you my power and my strength and my glory. Now, they're going to be putting something up on our screen that you can text us. Because after I pray for you, we are going to, if you send that text, we're going to make sure you get all the material you need. Not so you can sit at home and be a private Christian, but so that you can get hooked up with the body of Christ and believe. But let's pray right now. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for the love and the mercy that you bestowed upon me. And you, you wouldn't let me stay the way I am. That's why you continue to draw. That's why you continue to awaken me to the truth that I need. Jesus, tonight, I'm sorry for my sins. And I'm going to confess you as Lord of my life. And I mean it, Lord. I'm going to need help because I, I'm going to slip up again. But I really mean it this time. I really want to follow you. I really want to know you. I don't want to have any hesitation in my life that if I died today, I would not receive. Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So make sure you text what they have on the screen there. We want to get that material to you. And all of you that are watching us online from the river, my heart goes out to you. I told my wife, I said, I just want to hug everybody from the church. I just feel like a shepherd without sheep. I know it's temporary, but... I want you to know that the staff and all of us love you so much. And we want to see you prosper through this. And we want you to stay connected to us. We've gotten all the numbers that we can possibly get, but maybe you haven't been texted from us and you want to be texted. If that's the case, just go on our webpage, call the church, give us your number, and we'll make sure we, we keep you advised on our text thing. And, and if you have some needs in your life, we're here to minister to you. 
There's some people, they, they need someone to go to the grocery store for them. And I'm not saying we can meet all the needs, but we are going to give it our best to meet you where you're at. And many, many of you may be sick and be afraid that it's the virus. We still believe in faith. We haven't quit. And I'm going to pray for that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that your word says, by your stripes we were healed. Himself took up our infirmities and bore away our sicknesses. You said that no evil will befall or plague come nigh thy dwelling if we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We are abiding under you right now, Lord. We remind you of your word that says the prayer of faith would save the sick and if they committed any sins, they would be forgiven and you would raise them up. And you also said in your word, Lord, that if we f confess our faults one to another, that we would be healed. We pray that the past would be let go. We pray that our resentment towards anyone would be left behind. And we would receive your grace right now. And we pray for our family members, especially those that don't know Jesus, that our light would be so strong and so powerful that they would hear it in our voice. When we talk to them, the Holy Spirit would minister to Father, we thank you and we give you praise for the breakthroughs in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, thank you so much for joining us online and thank you staff for being here helping us out. We love you so much and we'll see you Sunday not only on TBN, but we'll see you Sunday live. Just go to our webpage. We'll be there. Both services will have a message. It'll be powerful. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out riveroflifefellowship.org, our mobile app, and our podcast. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at River of Life Kent to learn more and keep up with everything that's happening at River of Life Fellowship.